I am Plata on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. Farhan Mohammed joins me again. The uh, former editor-in-chief and co-founder of uh, Daily Hive has a new project debuting today. It is the launch of a new company, Overstory Media Group. It is an independent media company that intends to launch 50 community brands and hire 250 journalists and creators by 2023. The company already has the following community-based brands, Capital Daily in Victoria, Vancouver Tech Journal, Fraser Valley Current, Burnaby Beacon, and Decomplicated. He is uh, leading this new venture with Andrew Wilkinson, co-founder of Tiny, the Canadian technology holding company. I'll ask Farhan about how this new independent media company sees itself fitting in a changing uh, media landscape. In 2012, Farhan Mohammed co-founded Van City Buzz that grew into Daily Hive, which when he left last year in 2020, reached a readership of over 6 million people monthly. His uh, Twitter handle is at Farhan Mohammed, and uh, the new website is at omgmedia.com. Please uh, welcome back to the Plant Online program, Farhan Mohammed. Mr. Mohammed, good morning. Hey, how are you doing? Pretty good yourself. I'm wonderful. Um, it's, it's been quite a year for all of us. I mean, um, you, you've uh, uh, let, you left the Daily Hive, and, and um, you, you and your wife welcomed a, a, a new baby. Um, so it's not like you've not been busy. Um, how, how did this uh, new venture come about? Yeah, it's funny. After um, after I left Daily Hive, I started to try to understand how does one consume media and information. And as someone who was coming out of the industry, I was finding it very, very, very challenging. There was there was a flood of information. Uh, it, it was I was finding it hard to understand, and I found myself opening up all these tabs on the internet and trying to go deep onto stories, but there was just too much. And I was finding it difficult. I was looking at social and, and this whole idea of getting news and how do you get your information? How do you connect with your community? And so as I was going through that process, I said, okay, there, there's got to be a better way to do this. And there's got to be a better way to connect with community. Um, communities have been in my blood since I was a young kid. Uh, I remember when I was like 14, 15, I had my own newsletter that I used to send out to about two, 300 people in my, in my network. They would be talking about things that were happening around us and events and ways to connect with each other and ways to spend time with each other. And I said, I wish that we had more things like that. And I wish that we had this ability. And so newsletters were big. Um, and they've been big for a while, and I've always and I've known that. Uh, and I said, there's there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way to do local, better way to do community. Uh, and so I started having these conversations and figuring out that uh, hey, there there is a better way, and let's go do it. So so you you and you've known Andrew Wilkinson for a while now, though, haven't you? Yeah, it's been a little while. We've been we've always had these conversations, and it was DM'd about what's happening in the industry and local. Um, but it wasn't until probably late last year and we had that discussion and we said look there's you know he had been uh, he started capital daily a few years back uh-huh. and i loved what they were doing and i said why don't we try to scale this and take this idea let's try to throw some fire on it and and, and really focus on the community let's focus on high quality content let's think about design um, let's go find the best people that are out there and focus on these local communities and geographical and industry and interest based and let's go talk to people and bring them in and say, you know, give you the ability to do the things that you want to do. Give them the time to do the things that they want to do. Go ask the big questions. Don't worry about anything other than are we doing enough? Are we asking big enough questions? So when all those things came together, we said, uh, 
hey, how about we how about we put something together and we've got this nice little umbrella of, of brands and let's go do this and try to bring this to the world. So you mentioned Capital Daily in Victoria, uh, Fraser Valley Current, Burnaby Beacon. Those are ones that we've we've been hearing about over the last uh, few weeks. Um, uh, Fraser Valley Current with with uh, uh, Tyler Olson. That that's been up and running for for a few weeks now. Um, those are the outlets that you have now. Or how, how do you see the future in terms of, of different communities that you're going into in, in the sort? Yeah. Well, we we generally put it out there and we we ask people where is the need. Where do you want a stronger community? Where do you want better online interactions and seeing the conversions offline? We see communities across many different aspects. You have places where people live. You've got the, the industries that people work in and then just general things that people are interested in. And one of the main focuses is around the geographical and where people live. Um, but that said, we're also focusing on even micro communities. And I think the past year has shown us that now more than ever, People care even more about where they live, and they care about their immediate vicinity. You know, the 5-10 minute drive or the 20-30 minute walk uh, it has mattered now more than ever before. And so people are starting to think about the places that are around them, the small businesses that are around them, the people that are making and creating around them. And so we, we think about everything across the board to say, let, let's start as micro and as granular as you can get, and then let's sort of build from there. So with Capital Daily in Victoria, that was that was our, our flagship market. But we've even got micro communities within there, uh, and we're seeing that what's out there and where do people need us and where do they need help or where is local news, uh, where where do the opportunities exist? Are there journalists that are out there that need support or they need some sort of kickstart and they they want to be able to interact and engage with their community? Let's go help them. Let's we've got a bit of a playbook here. Uh, we know how to how to start in a community. We know how to grow a community. We know how to make a community sustainable. And so let's do these things and bring all these people together uh, and then try to do this. So I live in Vancouver. Um, what might what might I expect there in in the near future? Uh, Vancouver is a good question. Um, you know, we're we're looking at uh, everyone anywhere. Um, I don't know if we're gonna if we're gonna do Vancouver uh, yet. Um, it might be something that um, you know we're, we're looking where where does where do people need us most? There are a lot more communities in uh, outside of the urban cores. Um, it's also where most media focuses, and so how about we focus on where they're not, or where they've decided to pull out of, or where they don't think it makes business sense, or where they're not making enough money, and let's go into those communities because we're seeing that outside of you know, Vancouver and Toronto, there is so much need. And there are people that are struggling. There are people that need um, support. They need their news and information, and they need it from an unbiased, nonpartisan standpoint. Uh, and so that's what we're looking first. But we, at the same time, we've got, uh, we've got one publication right now in Vancouver. That's Vancouver Tech Journal. Uh, that's all focused around Vancouver's tech and innovation ecosystem. And, uh, and so we're going to look at what else can we add to it. And, and so, how do you um, you're looking at communities that are underserved? Um, at the same time, um, who do you view as your competition per se? I mean, <laughs> is, is is it the sort of the traditional legacy medias that we're, we we all know or that that have been contracting over the last number of years, or is it some of these community papers and 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 where where you know they where we see them currently in 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 this market? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because 
that whole idea of competition is one I've been thinking about a lot lately. And I think one of our competitors is it, it's the non-traditional. It's where, where are people spending time? They're spending time on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on TikTok, on Reddit. They're also spending their time on all these streaming platforms. These, these are some competitors that exist out there. That It's just a matter of time that people have. What's the first thing that they do in the morning? What's the last thing that they do at the end of the day? Um, but then there's also uh, the, the ones that you're talking about. There's a lot of the community outlets that either have existed or don't exist anymore. There's a lot of the big players like the CBCs, Globals, Globe and Mail, CTVs. Um, and, and so we look across that, you know, I, I don't think they're necessarily competitors. I, I look at everyone out there and say that we're all playing in the same field and we're all trying to help each other in that way. Um, a lot of what we do and, and on our daily newsletters that are out in the local communities, we actually spotlight some of the work that some of our fellow peers and, and journalists are putting out. And so we're never going to go and bash someone in that way. We don't look at them in, a, in that competitive landscape in, the, in that way. But we look at them to say, um, you know, what's missing? And can we go fill those gaps? Can we, can we build something and can we bring something to the community that they need and that they want and that they've been talking about? Um, and then can we grow, uh, grow together? Because there is opportunity everywhere. Um, you know, markets don't just need one community newspaper of record. Uh, maybe they need more. Maybe they need people looking at different things. Uh, every community is different, and so you can't just go in and say that um, you know that we're going to go and we're going to go head to head up against the establishment. But we're going to go and make something that is thinking of things a little bit differently. We're going in without an agenda. We're going in trying to trying to be around for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, we want to make money, but we want to do it sustainably. We want to be around for a while, and so you can't do all of those things together. Um, and, and try to exist uh, like the traditional outlets have. So you obviously have capital funding that will help you build. Um, how will these outlets make their money? I mean, um, will, how do you feel about paywalls and, and subscriptions and the sort? Yeah, a lot of what we do is between two two main cores. One is through community partnerships and finding the right partners that want to come on board and believe in their community. Um, and, and therefore want to support the long-term growth of that community. And then at the same time, there is that reader revenue side that we're looking at and saying that we are looking at memberships and how can we bring people on board to say, if you support us, if you can't live without us, if you want more of these sorts of things, uh, support us. You know, it's not a big investment that we're looking for from people um, or that we would be looking for from people, but it's also we want to be accountable to them. And if we can do it in that way, then we, uh, we're, we're directly accountable to our readers. If they're not happy with something, they're going to tell us, and they're going to pull their support and pull their funding from us. So if we really rely on that community, you know, every single thing that we do, it's for the community, by the community, um, thinking about the future of the community. And if we're not doing that hand-in-hand partnership with the community itself, then it doesn't work. So everything we do is really, really focused down right to that core, uh, and so that, those are the main ones that we look at. And then we're, we've started doing some virtual events. We're looking at when things get back to somewhat level of normal, mm-hmm. doing in-person events, um, but really asking what does the community need? What's missing? And can we go build that? If we can build up an audience and build up these communities, uh, what is it that they're looking for? Let's add that to what it is that we're doing and enhance their lives. So if, if, if you're a company or a brand in the community, um, might they go to OMG? 
for, say, sponsored content and that sort of stuff that we're seeing, not just in, in say, online outlets, but even in the tradition. I mean, the Vancouver Sun has a a, a section that does that online. So um, will we expect that with with the OMG um, uh, outlets, say? No, not necessarily. So what's what's fun is that if you come if, if you come to omgmedia.com and you try to contact our partnerships, you're going to get redirected to someone, uh, and you're going to get redirected to one of our brands, um, and, and you're going to have that conversation with them. Uh, we're not going to do traditional sponsored content. We don't even have traditional advertising. If you go onto any of one of our websites, you're not going to see an ad. Um, none of these traditional display ads or wallpaper skins or takeovers and things like that. Uh-huh. So we're really focused on the quality side of it. But um, because of the way that we work, uh, you know, we're, we're not in this for the big money game. Um, I don't think that's the way that media is sustainable. I think that's how a lot of companies and organizations are failing right now is that they're all looking, how do we make more money? Everyone's seeing these big ticket numbers and they're seeing these big, Evaluations and these these big acquisitions and thinking how do I how do I play in that field? With us, we're thinking how do we make this just make sense? How do we make this work for the community? How do we start to think about the longevity of it? And that comes with clearing your overhead, making a little bit on top so you can grow, and then you can hire more people after that. So we're we're definitely trying to flip the model on its head a little bit. Focus on journalists. Focus on content creators. Don't focus as much on the on the advertising, but you want to work with a small core of community partners that believe in what you're doing, and then say, okay, we're along for the ride. So the the newsletter, I mean, that will remain at, at the heart of it. I mean, it does it surprise you that after say 20 years of the internet, we've gone back to the newsletter? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's it's funny. It's, you know, like I said, about 15 years ago, I had my own newsletter, and I saw the power back then. And now I'm seeing it again now. And, and that's just the whole way that we can do It's not just talking directly with the audience, but I think this goes back to what I was finding when I you know, first got out of the industry, was it is so hard to get information. You know, you're going on social and you're waiting for something to come to you. You're, you're hoping that the algorithm is going to find you and deliver you the right kind of content. Or if you're going on Twitter, you're hoping that you're going to find that tweet that's coming real time. Or you're going to go to a website and you're going to hope that you're finding the content you're looking for. But a lot of the problem is that we don't know what it is that we're looking for. And so I think back to the days of when I was young and when the community newspaper used to get delivered to the door and you're sitting there and you're going through it, you're reading stories, uh, you're reading jobs that are available, you're seeing all these sorts of things. Um, I miss those days where I'm getting things that I don't know that I need in my life and I don't know about the community um, and building up that real habit that, that you know, you have something that people are working on religiously and they're working their butts off to deliver this, this really high quality product to your inbox every single day. Um, and so it's, it's funny and it's ironic, but it's at the same time, it makes total sense that we can take our time. It's no longer this idea that we're going to get as much content out in a day as possible. You don't need to publish a story every 20, 30 minutes of the day, but there's one thing that's going to come to you. People are taking their time with it. They have a publishing deadline to get it in your inbox, Mm -hmm. and they're going to work to get to that point. So, I mean, it changes the expectation of just how much time and effort is going into these things, but how much quality you as a reader can come to expect out of it. How do you see uh, podcasts and, and, and videos um, playing a part in, in OMG uh, media? 
Yeah, so we have uh, we already have some podcasts that are in our network. Um, I see us having video content. Uh, I see us having um, even live action and, mm-hmm. and more, just just more in that way. That how do we interact with people? Uh, everything that we do is going to stem from the newsletter, having that direct relationship with our audiences and with our communities. But it's going to develop from there. What is it that people are looking for? Um, one of our brands, Vancouver Tech Journal, uh, our, our editor there, William, he does a weekly clubhouse show. And so he's had that interaction. He's been doing that for the past number of months now. And so he starts to think, okay, well, how do I now take this to, to that next step? Can we add video to this? Um, can we make this a live thing where we're, or, or further to the live audio, but can we make this you know, live video? What's going to happen when we can start to gather again in person? Will people want to come together and have, and join these fireside chats or these panel chats? and have that interaction. So we're really thinking about all these different touch points and how do we enhance people's lives, give them the information that they need um, and then they don't know they need, and then thinking about all the ways that we can interact and that not just we can engage with them, but they can engage with each other. Now, there was a piece by Tony Marlin in uh, the Capital Daily last week that um, everyone seemed to be reading, The Man Who Stole the Hotel. <laughs> just a fabulous piece about... Uh, mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's a long piece. It, it, it took obviously a, a lot of time, a lot of resources. Is that the sort of stuff that we'll, we can expect with OMG Media? I mean, do, do your proprietors uh, know that the, 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 there um, has to be a lot of patience, say, with, with work like that? <laughs> yeah. So what's funny? Um, my partner Andrew and I we've we've always talked about these long form investigative journalism and how do you do this? How are you able to give people the time and effort? And what's funny is that more and more journalists I talk to, they point to these sorts of examples. You know, I wish I could cover and do these sorts of things. I wish I could take time. And so what we try to do is give our journalists the time to cover these stories. I think that piece by Tori took her about three or four months to put together. It was fact-checked. It was mm-hmm. vetted by lawyers. It, it went through all the processes that it had to go through in order to come to life. But it was something that she was given the time to bring to make that happen. And so... That is definitely something that you're going to see more of across our brands, that we give we give our team the time to go and ask those big questions, to go uncover stories. It's what we need more of. You know, We need to give people time because these things aren't going to happen overnight. Uh, story tips will come over time. Relationships will get developed over time. But the one thing I've learned more and more is that there are so many questions that are at the heart of the communities that we live in and that we work with. And there's people want to know answers. Um, there aren't many that are going after those answers. So we, uh, yeah, it's definitely something that you're going to see more of. And uh, that piece was uh, was one of the many that Capital Daily has done so far. So we've all been talking about representation in the media. Um, I've, I've seen you talk about that um, on on your Twitter, um, as well as the, the, the hatred that we've been seeing a lot of in in the community, as well as um, you know throughout the world. Um, you have a job where you're, you're conceivably responsible for hiring journalists. Um, what's the commitment in terms of ensuring that the media um, reflects, say, the community it serves? Yeah, it's a good question we've been talking about because there's there's two stances to it. You know, on one hand, on one hand, I, I wish we don't we didn't even have to have this conversation, sure, but yeah. at the at the other, you know, we have to have this conversation. We, we were talking, what should that diversity, inclusion, equity, what, what, should, what should that statement look like on the website? And my, my initial response was, do we even have to do that? You know, aren't our people, our, our, 
or the representation enough to show? Isn't the work enough to show? Um, but uh, but I don't think that's enough. I think we have to be very explicit with it, which mm-hmm. is what we're doing. Um, but in our communities, you know, the one thing that we've learned more than anything is that our communities have to be run by the people in those communities. Uh, it can't be these this top-down approach. Um, I'm I don't profess to know pretty much anything about the communities that we're in. I might know maybe five percent. I learn about things here mm-hmm. and there. Um, I, I speak to people, and so I understand a little bit more. But that's also not my job. I I'm I I don't even want to know uh, and, and go deep into these ones because I I can't. Um, I don't have. Uh, I, I I mean I have the desire to. I just don't have the time to. But that's also not my job. I want to find the best people in the communities that are able to have those conversations. They represent their communities. They are their communities. When we say that what we do is for communities, by communities, we literally mean it. Um, and so we feel that that everything that's being done, um, all the work that's being done, it, it has to happen. And so making sure that we have a, a diversity of voices and experiences and backgrounds. I'll be the first person to say I don't care who people are, where they're from, what their backgrounds are. But at the same time, um, I do want to make sure that we have a diverse team and that we've got, uh, got people across the spectrum, not just from, you know, across every single, mm-hmm. uh, every single thing. Um, so thinking, you know, it's not, uh, it's not just going to be a team of people that are in their 20s and 30s, but we want people that are older than that. We want freelancers. We want staff. We want different voices that are coming and contributing to this. Because to me, I think that's the only way that this is going to work. Um, I, I don't think it's going to work any other way. The other thing that, that you, you obviously have noticed in the last eight years or so, whether it was at your previous job or just online in general the last year, um, there's been a lot of misinformation online. Um, what, what, how, how do you view your own work or, with this new job, this new title, uh, in terms of, um, say, the, the service that the media plays in our community when it comes to, say, uh, the difference between information and misinformation? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we have such a great responsibility in putting the right information out. Um, I think this is where the, the time factor comes into play that we, we allow, uh, we allow our journalists to be able to do that. We also, we're, we're accountable to each other in that way. We're accountable to the community that we can't mess something up. And it is our duty and responsibility to ensure that any, every, every piece of information that we're putting out, um, has been checked and making sure that we're not making mistakes in that way. But, I mean, this goes back to the whole, my um, my long-term thinking here is I am very worried about where our democracy is going and where people are getting information from and what's going to happen in 20, 30, 40 years if we don't have solid, established organizations that are, are run and rooted in the fundamentals of what it is that we're trying to do. And so thinking about that, I, I've seen too many young journalists in their late 20s and even early 30s who don't want to be in this industry anymore. They're overworked, they're underpaid, uh, under-recognized and appreciated. And so, you know, I start to think, okay, well, if we're not going to have journalists and we're not going to have journalistic organizations and ones that are rooted in, these, in, in having these values of delivering high-quality, ethical, trusted work, then where are we going to be as society? Where are, gonna, where are we going to be as communities? And so all these sorts of things all play into this idea that if we can do things right today 
and do right things tomorrow. And it, like we're going to make mistakes. I know we're going to make mistakes. We will own them. Uh, we will make sure that we are transparent with how we do things and transparent to the community. Um, I think that also ties into how we are, uh, how we're, um, how we're monetizing, uh, and how we're continuing to build, uh, build these brands up in this way. Is that if we're accountable to readers and we are transparent what we do, we bring them in and we show them under the hood a little bit that this is how things run. You know, we're not just these faceless, nameless people. That we are. Uh, we are run by people in your communities. You could probably, you, you'll probably see these people on the streets and you can stop them and you can ask them questions. You can pick up the phone and call an editor. You can send an email and get a response back from someone that lives in your community. So it, it, I think that's the idea is that if we do all of these things, we will, we will hopefully be able to, uh, be able to portray and, and, and have this idea that we are truth seekers, fact seekers, um, but more than anything, we are one of you, and uh, and I think that's the future. That has to be the future. It, it all sounds very exciting. Well, but by the way, what's the job title starting May third? Uh, co-founder and CEO. I see. Yeah. Um, all the best. Good luck with everything. I appreciate your time today. Thank you. I appreciate your time. The website for more is at omgmedia.com. Farhan Mohammed joined me on the line from here in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Plata.